In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm 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 pretty cool. I'm Evan. I'm a pretty cool not host, Ronnie. So on Ending Pending, we discuss television shows that have only lasted for a single season. Currently, we're covering the uh, not smash hit, I guess, Kings on NBC. But before we get into that, I want to talk about cryptids. I'm so excited. I have a I have a new one. Oh, it's oh it's a good one. Let's I want to talk about our favorite cryptids. You guys have favorite favorite cryptids? Yep. I like cryptids. I'm gonna keep saying the word. Cryptid, cryptid is a fun word to say. It is cryptozoology. There's a lot of hard syllables in there. A cryptid. Cryptid. Oh, that was weird. <laughs> uh so just in case the listeners don't know what cryptids are, that's like your Bigfoots, your Sasquatches, your Jersey Devils. Your, your peculiar beasts. Yeah. Um, my personal favorite is Nessie. Um, I, I believe the Loch Ness Monster is 100% real. A classic. Yep. Um, I don't know if... I don't believe she's a dinosaur. I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, what if what if she was like that dinosaur? I think she's a fae. I think she's a catfish. A real big one. I'd, I'd like, I'd accept that. A fake catfish, though. A big, magical fake catfish. There's, there's magic in her whiskers. <laughs> <laughs> Much like Andy, there's magic yes. in the whiskers. <laughs> uh, Ronnie, what's your favorite cryptid? Uh, you know I love that Jersey Devil. You know I love it. What, what about the Jersey Devil draws you in? Um, it's mostly because when I was a kid, um, we would go to the we would go to the Jersey Shore as you do when you're a a young one in the uh, Philadelphia area. Yeah. Um, I can my, you know, I'm so sorry for you. Oh no, no, please, please, it is it, is a joy of my life. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> um. <clears throat> when 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 you go down the Jersey Shore, you're technically supposed to take the Atlantic City Expressway, but it's just tolls on top of tolls. So my family, and I imagine many others, and probably not that unique, uh, drove the long way through the New Jersey Pine Barrens, which were like pretty neat during the day and super terrifying at night. And I just imagined some like cloven hooved goat human man. Just like tromping through the forest, and is, it gave me a lot of nightmares. Is the Jersey Devil a, a Tumnus? Is it a Mister Tumnus? No, I believe it's it, much scarier. It's got the head of a horse, and it's got leathery bat wings and weird. I know about uh, the bat wings. The horse is elongated, like limbs. So not a Tumnus. No, no. it's got. Scary. It's got. I feel like it's got goat. It's got Feet? cloven hooves to some degree. I feel like every sort of demonic entity has cloven hooves. I don't know where that came from. Right, in I don't feel like that's the scariest type of footwear for for a Whoa, cryptid. Oh, it's got two hooves instead of one. <laughs> if it had metal goat legs, like Darth Maul did for a little bit, that'd be dope. Metal goat legs? Is, was he a metal tumnus? Is that Darth Maul? For a little bit. Spring Hill Jack had pinchy metal hands. Oh, Spring Hill Jack's cool. 
Evan, what's your she hands? Evan, oh, I've got a cryptid. I I was I couldn't wait for you to get to me. I, I I'm I'm so excited. I recently learned about a new one, and it's especially special because it's specific to this county that we live in. Oh fuck! Which, yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Oh, let's um, catch it. Yeah, it's called the Snallygaster, which is the best cryptid name ever. Definitely the best cryptid name. Um, it's Top a notch name game. It's an American fuck upping of. The German Schnellgeist, which means a fast ghost. And this area was settled by German immigrants. And it's the product of some kind of like weird mythology mashups between like German immigrants and like uh, uh, colonizers and like the, all the people that settled in this area. And it's like a, a bird reptile hybrid kind of a thing like it it has bird features and it's got kind of reptile features um and it's got either um like a an eye or a gem or something in the middle of its head that shoots lightning or bright light out of it depending on who you ask and the most recent sightings of it were um in the 1930s there's been sporadic sightings every now and then that's rad. Yeah. That's super let's, rad. Let's catch it in a big yeah. net. Yeah. Into it. It hey. shoots lightning out of its face. Anyway, this has nothing to do with the show Kings. No, uh, not even let's get into Let's get into Kings, though. Evan, you want to you wanna tell us about the three episodes we watched? Oh, do I gotta? It's It's been a long time since we've watched this. We had some technical issues with our <laughs> the first recording of this podcast. So let's see if we can get through this. All what, right. What are we on? We're on episodes uh, five, six, and seven, and I've got a general idea of what happened. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stab at it, and you guys can jump in if you wanna clarify something. Um, so in episode five, like in in recent episodes, the Silas, the king of Gilboa, and then the the government of Gath, which is a neighboring country that they've been at war with, um, like they're They've just signed a peace treaty, and part of the the deal was that like Gath gets a chunk of land that Gilboan citizens are currently living on, and it happens that uh, David's family lives on that land, and so his brother is involved in this uh, like uh, this uprising. I won't call it a rebellion because it's not quite a full blown rebellion. But um, in this kind of like violent uprising that happens in this uh, like area of uh, like ceded land. And I don't know what they thought was going to happen. They did a real dumb and they like attempted to kidnap the king's daughter. And a couple of them got shot and David's brother survived. But then he was tried with treason and is most likely going to be sentenced to death as of the end of that episode. Um, episode six is called Judgment Day, and in this uh, non-real-world universe, this this country has a tradition where every year the king chooses ten cases to preside over, as opposed to, like, having a regular jury trial, I guess. Like, people apply to have the king try their case personally, and he, like, 
just passes judgment as he sees fit and that's binding and um there's like he picks cases and one of them drops out and so since there's a spot uh michelle wants that spot to um put forward like some healthcare reforms that she's been working on and david wants that spot to um like to uh save his brother yeah to say i was trying to think of the legal term but to like get that decision overturned like the, the pardoned yes yes to get his brother pardoned that's exactly what he wants um so for a while michelle's like no you have the spot and then david's like i don't know and then she's like eh, 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 and they go back and forth for a while and there's some interpersonal conflict between them and uh in the end uh michelle's case is the one that's selected to be the 10th but um silas pardons david's brother anyway conveniently um then in episode seven jack who's the king's son and david uh have to go meet with some gaff people uh for political reasons and they get like caught up with some i guess some rebels right from gaff uh who who jack knew it was a secret mission all along Mm -hmm. david thought it was like a press thing Mm -hmm. and then it's like oh wait no we have to execute these rebel leaders for gath yeah for friendship reasons (laughs) to be friends they want us to kill these people for them or some shit Yeah. yeah that sounds about right yeah, so they get caught in a sticky situation, and uh, like they've got to torture a guy, and uh, it's real, it's real intense. And then um, Michelle, who just got her healthcare reform thing passed, realizes that uh, like some, it's it's fucked some shit up. Like it's well intended, but it's not going great, and like the hospitals are overcrowded and crap like that. And, uh, they also have a problem where, um, some people seem to have an illness that they just refer to as the plague, which is, like, super, super contagious, and they're in quarantine, and the hospital's overcrowded, and it could mean disaster, and, um, Michelle, like, knowingly exposes herself to this super deadly pathogen to, like, sit there and, like, comfort this little boy while he's dying, and Silas and, uh... What's the queen's name? Rose? Sounds right. I think it's Rose. They're real upset about it. So, yeah, that's the whole situation, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did good. Yay. You remembered. I did a good. I I had the internet to help me, but I mostly remembered. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Let's go to Andy. That's me. That's you. Um, After these three episodes, is it working for you? Um, no, this show sucks. I don't know why I recommend it. I'm lying. It's great. I love this show. It's so good. This show is so fucking good. <laughs> you have to elaborate a little bit on why. You can't oh, just do like, I? shout into the mic. Literally everything. Literally everything. Uh, all the acting is so good. Even the minor characters are great. No character feels like they're boring or that their storyline drags. I'm as invested in silas as i am in jack as i am in rose as i am in maybe not michelle all the way but michelle's okay like it's all good shit all of it's good dialogue's really sharp i like how they talk they talk like it's not real life they sure do some good words and yeah 
And um, yeah, maybe the the fighty bits in Brotherhood weren't like as on par as fighty bits in like I don't know, like Arrow or something. But like, they're still good fighty bits. They're okay. Evan. Yes, Ronnie. Uh, is it working for you? Uh, it is. It very much is. This is. Uh, we keep saying this is going to be a boring episode because we just like it. We're just enthusiastically like 100% all into this show. Um, yeah, I the I agree with Andy completely. The character development is really really strong, and that's really what gets me in a show. I'm I'm real into like character driven narratives like the plot can kind of be about anything as long as the characters are are strong characters and have good dynamic stories i'm happy and not only does this show have good strong dynamic characters who are interesting but the plot is super interesting as well and the setting is really interesting and the the episodes are episodic enough to feel self-contained and they flow well enough that i'm i don't lose track of what's happening between episodes it's just, it's just a really good show. It's really well put together. Uh, hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Do you want to be the voice of dissent, Ronnie? Yes, I do. Because you guys have talked about how good this show is, and I think this show is great. Um, it's even better than good. No, you guys all said it was great, too. Um, it's really good. Um... The characters, like you guys said, are really well defined. I find myself, especially when Sebastian stands on the screen, like I'm just like captivated. What a beautiful man! Yeah, he just he just does such a great job with his with his his good looks and his craft. Um, Oh yeah, I mean he's a stellar actor too. But also, right, right, right. I mean, I said good looks before I said craft. I, I, I. I know where his his good uh, job on your face, little Romanian man. Yes. Um, yeah, the story is just, it's moving along at a clip and you can, and you can tell they're, they're hitting some beats. Um, but it's not as if it's like forced, like, oh, well we have to hit this beat. Now we have to hit this beat. Like it's flowing along in a, especially at this point of the story, it's flowing along in such a way that like it's building, like there's an art growing and I'm really excited to see where it goes from here. I'm excited to keep watching this show. Forever, and I'm kind of bummed that I know in advance that it does not have a season two. This is our curse. Yeah. When they're bad, when they're bad shows, we much we must suffer through an entire season. But when they're good shows, we only get one season, and then mm-hmm. it's over. And then Just read the book. <laughs> By which you mean the Bible, the yeah. actual the actual Judeo Christian Bible. There's a book this is based on. Just read that. Don't don't watch the anime unless you've read the manga. It's pronounced manga. Shop. Fucking weeaboo. Get out of my house. <laughs> should we should we next go into what we don't like since we got we gotta do a compliment sandwich? Yeah, we can do that. Um Me. Andy. Yes. What uh what wasn't quite working for you about these three episodes of Kings? Oh, um, Really, there's only two scenes that I can, like, remember that bug me about these three episodes. So, like, two scenes out of three episodes. That's pretty fantastic. Um, the the fools, the two security guards, the um, 
the one has a crush on Silas's like right hand woman. Um, I'm a crush on. is a crush is putting it lightly. What's her name? I'm blanking. Thomasina. 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 Yes, it's not uh, quite a crush. He, he quote is in love with her. Yes, and instead of the other security guard being like, "You've never talked to her. You're not in love with her. Like you're infatuated," he's like. She's your one true love. You got to tell her. You got to talk to her. I'm like, she is not his one true love. You're a bad best friend. Like, you should be talking sense into your idiot friend. And it's just like, it doesn't seem like this plot is really destined to go anywhere. And it's just like, it's kind of absurd. Like, he's a grown ass man. And he's talking about how much he's in love with this woman he's never talked to. Feels very, like, immature. And I feel like the rest of Kings is better than this subplot. Uh, I I agree with you that it's a bad subplot, but it wasn't really jarring to me because we get like so much Shakespearean style dialogue in in the show, and that feels exactly like something that would happen in Shakespeare. Like that happens all the time. Yeah. Like somebody just pops on stage, a maiden, I am in love. Like. Just, just instantly, like so. Yes, it's de- like everything else is developed much better than that. But like, I'm just so used to them sort of interacting in this very theatrical way that that almost, almost didn't feel out of place. No, that's a really good point. That's fair. Uh, my other, my other scene that I, I really, really disliked was at the end of. Is the episode titled Brotherhood? Yeah. yeah. At the end of Brotherhood, uh, the rebel leader that Jack and David have kind of like kidnapped and are escorting, like kind of escapes and beats the shit out of Jack and is about to kill him. And David shoots the guy dead. And then like David is kind of like sulking about it and like feels guilty. And Jack is like, you murdered someone for me today. Like, you spilled innocent blood for me. I won't forget that. And I'm like, David didn't murder someone. David killed someone in self-defense. And, like, to save your life, that's not that's not murder. This was a war. And I'm pretty sure there were people in that tank David blew up. Like, it's not like this is the first time David's killed someone in battle. It just felt very uh, out of place. Like, it, it didn't make sense to me that, one, Jack would refer to it as a murder... And that, too, David would be feeling such guilt and, like, trauma over it. Like, maybe over the torturing the dude, sure. Like, I can see how that would fuck you up if you haven't done that before. But David's definitely killed people before. And uh, to refer to it as murder is, is, is a bit of a stretch. It was undeserved angst. Gotta dump that, that angst on there. Yeah, I mean, I it, it just it didn't it didn't flow for me. I didn't quite get it. Anyway, that's gotcha. that's that's it for me that I can think of. Alrighty, Ronnie, you got anything? Um, so in episode five, I think it is um, during insurrection. Yeah, um, uh, Uncle Uncle uh, Silas's brother-in-law. Uh, gives Cross. Jack, um, what's his name? Uh, Cross, right? Andrew Cross. Yes, yes. Um, he gives Jack 
the opportunity to kind of run one of the news stations or run a part of the ministry that is a news station. He, he controls some piece of news in Gilboa for a time. Um, and it is very quickly like wrenched from him. Um, and it all works out like he ends up becoming a part of the ministry and, and you know, has a, a figurehead person above him who, who then works for him. Um, but that, w- that was like a really cool aspect of the show that I was like, oh, it's gonna, there's going to be these like tense dinners and tense meetings between them where like Silas knows that he's getting dragged through the press and he knows who's doing it, but it's his son. So like, what's he going to do? Like, I would have liked for them to be able to play in that space a little bit more. Um, and not just kind of, I, I guess it, it works with, with the way that the show is moving. So I don't feel too strongly about it. Um, but it would have been just cool to have, I guess in a longer show where we have longer time to play with this, these uh, subject matters. Um, it would have been cool to have that kind of him be like the, the overlord of the news for a little bit, um, a little bit longer. I the the clowns the the security guards that was a little bit like even more than just being like no you you definitely don't love this person like that was a an episode where like I was doing like a lot of like back and forth like watching the tennis match of like oh who's what's going on here like oh this person showed up at the at the you know court his, his judgments and and oh is is David gonna save his brother oh. It was just like anytime we returned back to them, I was like, oh, this isn't this isn't some of the more interesting parts of this. Um, but like Evan said, it didn't terribly take away, so I can't can't fault it too much. Um, but that's basically it. Evan. Yeah, Ronnie. What? Quite didn't work for you about these three episodes of Kings. Um, so I actually think that David and Michelle are two of the weaker characters, in spite of David being like the main character, capital T, capital M, capital C, um, the protagonist, um, I know that they're trying to make him like sort of the the common good-hearted man who's caught up in all this stuff that's over his head. Um, but he's not, he's not quite as compelling as I would like him to be. And, um, Michelle also just feels, um, a little bit like one note as well. She's got some kind of like dark secret that, has been alluded to like twice and I'm interested enough in her to like want to know what it is but even in spite of that like she just seems like real perfect like real uncorrupted by politics and all that and um there's the the show is is uh like leading up to a romance between them like it's been sort of creeping in throughout these episodes and I just like I don't need it to be taken out. I just don't want it like lingered on so much. Like I don't really care. That's that's the one relationship I'm not particularly interested in. Until the scrotums show up. Till them them foreskins. 
Those are two different things. They're all part They're of one not, thing. No, those are two different bits of body part. Of flesh. <laughs> two different bits of flesh. Yeah, I mean, if Michelle asks him to bring her a, a, just a sack, Four, 400 sack of gath, foreskins, gath foreskins, that definitely will shake things up. <laughs> I would, I would, um, I would applaud them for the boldness of that choice that they made in their TV show. I want it accurate to the Bible. That is bold. <laughs> that is quite bold. But yeah, and okay, so even by like. Like, by ordinary standards, these two would be good characters. And just compared to the the majesty that is, like, Ian McShane and Sebastian Stan. Yes, and yes, like, yes, 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 just, yes. It's really, it's really hard to stand in that gleaming light. So I, I'm not even, like, mad about those characters. They, they're not bad characters. They just comparatively feel less interesting. So I'm, I find myself like when there's a scene with Michelle or with David, I, I find myself just going like, I get to the next. OK, let's get through this. Let's get to the next part with uh, with Jack or with Silas or uh, even with Rose. She's she's very chilling. She's got some stuff going on. Yeah, she so, does. So, yeah, those are like my least favorite scenes, which is kind of a shame since David is the protagonist, but um, yeah, it's that's really my only complaint. Like that's it's so good. Yeah, what the heck? We gotta we gotta make this show. We gotta revive the show. We need more. I was gonna say though, Evan, very very similarly. Like I, I, this show generally doesn't bother me when it comes to David and how he's like not super strong, except when he is like forced to work in a scene with Sebastian Stan and it's like oh oh you're he's just he's just acting circles around you like you you could not you couldn't hope to be doing any better than you are now and it just brings it into like stark light i think we're moving in a direction where maybe that won't be such quite the thing where maybe like david will have a little bit more of an edge to him as he is now more in like the king's good graces and like maybe maybe he lets loose a little bit um, I guess we'll see. I will say I do totally like buy David's like eloquent speeches. He said a couple of he's had a couple of moments where he just has like a monologue that's like very uh very eloquent and inspiring. And in those moments, I think he really grabs it and does a good job. Other than that, though, he's he's not. He's not real fun to watch. Mm-hmm. He seems a bit confused about everything that's happening. Yeah, yeah. Deer in the headlights, like yeah. all the time. He's got a real great slugging percentage, but his RBIs are way down low. I don't know what sports those words mean. Sports, unless it's Quidditch, I don't know what the words mean. He hits a lot of home runs, but he doesn't do well with the small ball stuff. Ah, uh, basketball. It's not. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I guess now we can move on to what we loved about these three Gosh, episodes. Everything. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be hard to even talk about because, like, pretty much just all the stuff. Yeah. But, all right, I guess we got to pick a couple. Got to pick a couple. Andy, Yeah. Pick a, pick a couple. All right, so we got two Donnelly brothers in the show now. Uh, we've had uh, Sean Donnelly 
as Michelle's other love interest. And then we had um, Jimmy Donnelly as David's dumbass brother. Uh, when Kings was canceled, NBC replaced it with the show The Black Donnellys. And those two actors are in Kings and then also on that show. And then NBC canceled that show after one season. And we'll probably do it on Ending Pending at some point. So that's some nice foreshadowing there for Ending Pending. Um, I love the scene with Thomasina and Silas at the river. Uh, that was a really good scene. And for Thomasina to like... That's the most lines she's had on the show and to have it be her like calling out uh, Silas, I felt was really powerful that they had like saved it till now. Um, I really like, uh, shit, I was going to say something there. I don't know what I was going to say. I really like all of it. Um, I like the stuff that they're setting up with Samuels. Like anytime he's on the screen, I'm intrigued about what's going to go down. Uh, all the stuff with David and Jack is really good. Uh, I kind of wish that they were better friends, but the fact that they start out as frenemies, I guess, is interesting. And when Jack explains why he hates David, uh, I really found that compelling, like his logic of like, well, Silas knows I'm gay, and so he's not going to give me the throne. And so his other option is to marry you off, Michelle, to someone powerful. And that's David right now. So he's my number one threat for King. Uh, like all that logic made sense. And uh, I can see why that would be like a real fear of Jack's. And I like the new blonde lady that Jack is kind of using to run his, uh, his like council seat. I think she's going to be a power player. And I'm interested to see like where that goes. I'm going to segue off that to one more dislike of mine. Okay. Jack and David aren't fucking. Yeah. Yeah. They should definitely be, they should definitely be banging. I agree. 100%. They're, yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be, I was really like, when I first saw the show, I was, I was really hap- hoping that that's the direction that they would go in. And normally, um, not gay enough would be like my biggest complaint of any show, but like I, I still like it even without the gay. But I mean, it was I, a bold move to even make one of them gay. Yeah, let, let alone like both. Yeah, but uh, I completely agree. That, yeah, they should. They should be. Yeah, they should. They should be banging. They should be besties, and they I should want be it banging. accurate to the scriptures. Why are they not <laughs> doing it? That happened in the Bible. It's canon. Anywho, yeah, um, that's, uh, I think that's all my, I mean, there's, like, there's so many things to like, like, the conspiracy with Andrew Cross trying to overthrow Silent and, like, Samuels and, like, every, everything, it's so good, but, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, Evan, what, what'd you dig? Um, I really liked... When in episode seven, both uh, Jack and David were basically put in a pressure cooker and we saw how they reacted. Um, David is objectively like the better person, but I'm so much more interested in Jack because he's he's got so much going on in his in his poor, messed up little brain. Uh, And it's just it's. 
it was it was really nice to see that unfold. I mean, it was terrible because they were torturing a guy, but um, Jack just went totally off the rails, and David was like trying to bring him back down, and he was like, he was like punching the shit out of this dude and just like screaming at him, and David's like, oh, what do I do? So that that was that was a good scene. I mean, it really in- illustrated the difference between the two characters. Um, and it, it gave them both a little bit of like personal development in that too. And then what happened afterwards where David saved Jack's life yet again, which is another like source of animosity, I'm sure. Cause Jack in a way feels like indebted to David, even though he is totally like averse to that idea, like, in some sense, he still feels like David's better than him, even to him, because he keeps saving his life. Um, also, I almost feel like Jack would want to die like behind enemy lines on a secret covert mission rather than deal with the pain of his real life. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost feel like he would see that as like a worthy escape from it all, but David keeps fucking taking it from him. Mm-hmm. This is true. Um, also, the whole concept of Judgment Day was real cool. Um, the this this totally made up governmental uh, like festival thing almost, where the king gets to, in a direct hands on way, like show his benevolence. It's definitely like a form of propaganda in a sense because it gives him the opportunity to. He chooses the cases, like people apply, and he chooses ones that I'm sure, uh, like clearly have a good guy and a bad guy, and he gets to make the right decision, and it really bolsters his, like it makes him look wiser and uh, more powerful, and it, it's 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 a brilliant machine of of rule really it's the midnight uh amendments from mabim bam uh it's a bit about obama like just controlling everything and uh it's like silas is a dictator like silas is this really charming really compelling bad dude Mm -hmm. but you love him he's great also, I don't know if I talked about this uh, in the last episode, but where he the thing he does where he's dictating to his like personal secretary about how everything is to be recorded about everything that he does in his reign. He just turns to him, says a sentence about what just went down, like with the implication being that that's how the the scribe is to write it on his behalf. It's it's just it's really it's real good. It's real good storytelling. Yeah, it's good shit. Um, all right, I'll I will leave off there, Ronnie. Yes. Tell us about what you liked. Um, I mean, you guys have hit a lot of the points. Um, what I want to spend some time on is just talking about the set pieces in this show and like the places we get to visit and the places we get to spend time. Like the Gilboan Palace itself is like this huge massive building with all these fantastic rooms um 
it, it strikes me a lot during um, during Judgment Day when everyone who didn't, you know, get to have their cases heard just drops their orange envelopes or whatever, and it's just like they're coating the place. Like it's just like very powerful imagery. Um, we see a little bit of Andrew Cross's apartment, which is very modern and very cold in comparison to like the the you know pretty you know um uh dated not dated but like you know medieval looking palace like it's 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 really set apart like you could there's a lot of symbolism there about like what what their interests are about moving forward and staying with the status quo and things like that even taking it all the way back to the like dungeon that the old king is being held in um, and how like archaic that is. It's just like we for this show must have been very expensive between like having Ian McShane on the screen for this often and also all of the um, all of the places that they're visiting, like even even the the big, you know, town in insurrection where they're they're trying to take back port prosperity like it, it's this like completely different looking facade from the entire rest of the show but it still looks amazing and still looks you know straight straight out of something you know in a book or like in a modern retelling of the bible it's just they do a really good job and probably had to spend a lot of money to make everything look really, really good and really nice, and I want to give that some 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 podcast time. Um, uh, Macaulay Culkin was in this, and he he sure was creepy. Yeah, bit uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't know what is what his deal is. I don't really, I didn't get the full grasp of why he was there. Or why he was not there from the beginning? He is Rose's nephew who committed treason and tried to, like, overthrow Silas. And as a favor to Rose, Silas banished him instead of executing him. Mm. And then in order to get Andrew Cross to not pull all of his money out of everything, uh, Silas agreed to let him come back. Is there, I guess... Is there a parallel for that anywhere in in scripture of like somebody who tried to, over, I guess people were trying to overthrow the king left and right, but there's there's really no one like that for Saul, aka Silas. Mm-hmm. Although David's son Absalom, who was super gay, uh, overthrew David for a little bit and made himself king, and David mm-hmm. like didn't have the heart to kill him and like kept refusing to do it. Gotcha. Um, so like maybe a little bit there, but um, not much. Yeah, yeah. It's just like he kind of pops up, and it's like, what are you doing here? I what honestly, are you doing here, Macaulay Culkin? I honestly feel like NBC somehow were just like, yeah, Macaulay Culkin wants to be on a show. Just put him, put him on Kings. Just figure <laughs> it out. He has an unsettling affect in this show. He's, yeah, he's got a very like he's he's been like. Speaking very softly mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sort of in an unnatural cadence. Yeah, like I don't, I don't the know the entire time. Yeah. yeah, like I don't know what his deal is and what he's trying to do, but he is, he is a little unsettling when he turns up. 
Macaulay Culkin's seen some shit, sounds like. <laughs> well, yeah, I think he's... I mean, as a sidebar, Macaulay Culkin has been through some terrible shit in his life. Did you so. see the bit about uh, Kevin from Home Alone as an adult? Macaulay Culkin just made a fan film about Home Alone, where his character Kevin is now an adult, and... Uh, like a, a pizza guy shows up or something and Macaulay Culkin's like, you're trying to break in my house. And like, <laughs> like kidnaps and abuses and tortures this like random stranger and like kills him and then starts painting and his blood. It's like very dark and un- uncomfortable. And like, like Macaulay Culkin, man, maybe see a therapist. I don't know. Apparently his parents were super abusive and awful. Yeah. 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 But anyway, yeah. this is, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, it seems it. It seems like the character has also seen some shit, and mm-hmm. so it, if if we get to see Macaulay Culkin again, I'm really interested in kind of what that dark backstory of being exiled brings to the rest of the show. Hopefully, uh, yeah, that goes somewhere. Yeah, that'd be cool. Definitely. Uh, but that's you know, there's lots of good stuff, but uh, I think I will leave it at that. Overall. We we enjoying it still? Is this still something we, we we should keep watching? This is so good. Yeah, I'm I'm genuinely looking forward to the next several episodes. Lamest oh. episode ever. We just love it. This is, this is just a great. Just watch the show. Start listening to this show and start watching that show, and then come yeah. back when we're on a terrible show, and we'll just gripe about it the whole it, time. Yeah, this is this is one where like, like. Terra Nova, I don't necessarily think you had to watch Terra Nova with us. You could just kind of catch our insight selfie as much as I had mixed feelings and, and, you know, comparatively to everyone else. That wasn't a show you had to watch. This one is a thing where it's like, you should be watching this show. If you're not watching it yet, you've had some time to catch up with us because we have been remiss in putting any episodes up, but catch up. It's worth it. This is why I wanted to do Ending Pending was to like reveal gems like this and hopefully get people to watch shows that weren't appreciated when they were on. And and Kings is not a big commitment. It's 13 episodes and it's really good entertainment. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, in other news, you're you're going to you're going to do your Smallville drunken podcast oh yeah gosh we got a hundred likes on facebook yeah yeah we're very undervalued as a podcast why don't we have way more likes than that we should yeah we should have more likes we're great but fuck all (laughs) y'all i'm gonna probably only like 30 of those are russian bots so that's pretty good Uh, yeah, our Facebook group is definitely not populated entirely by uh, Russian uh, political agents uh, trying to sway Americans' opinions. Definitely not. De- we if, uh, if they are sure though, if they are, I'm going to get super drunk and talk about Smallville, and they're going <laughs> to want it. Mm. That does sound like something that Russians would like. So yeah, we're doing a Smallville drunk cast. <laughs> Smallville um, drunk cast. That'll be coming up soon. We'll have to record that yet, and then it'll come out just in our regular feed um, as a bonus episode for for thanking you guys for getting us to a hundred likes on Facebook. Um, yeah, a low, low bar. Exciting. Congrats, everyone. <laughs> yeah, 
I love how angry you are that we hit this low bar. <laughs> People are going to unlike us out of spite now. Like, well, fuck Evan. You don't appreciate me. I appreciate well, each and every one of you. If you don't, if, yeah, if you unlike, we are going to not do the Drunk Smallville <laughs> podcast. So, too late. We committed. Hold still, on for that I'll good I'll still good do content. it for you. Um, Andy just wants to drink whiskey in our house. Yeah, that's pretty much my goal. Mm-hmm. I just remembered we have some housekeeping. No. We got mail time, a- mail time, mail time. And then we got sued by Nickelodeon. Well, it's different. You did it different to protect oh, did us. Did I do it? From, oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Good. We got a special email from a very special night defender. You can't say special like that, Ronnie. You can't. Why not? You, you make it sound like yeah, he's not really like, a night defender. Well, yeah, you you also make it sound like he's not really special. You, you feel me? He's That's, very special. I it don't. It sounds real patronizing and yeah. possibly condescending. I, <laughs> I don't mean anything condescending. I don't mean anything. Our he special is, boy. Our special he's, special night. He's he's special in my heart. He's special to me. I feel uh, uncomfortable for you, Sir Nate. He is. He's my special my special night boy, Sir Nate. <laughs> Um. <laughs> anyway, he, what did he say? Does he, he hate said, you now? He said, "Hey, posse," which is great. Yeah, that's uh, us. That's dope. We have the power to execute the law. He uh, he re- reached out directly and specifically because we said we told him to uh, reach out to us, send us an email because we were we gave him a hard time over his Terra Nova <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> We did. We did um, give him a hard time. Yeah, that was all of us. That definitely wasn't just me. Mm-hmm. That was shared blame right. equally amongst the three of us. Right. We all we all said terrible things to Cerny. <laughs> I remember now. Uh, I remember yeah. like it was yesterday. Um, he he weighs in and says that he knows that Terra Nova doesn't work, and for what it's worth, he didn't remember it working. Um, he remembers the family drama being so strange, a focus, and so poorly executed. That it was funny watching the show that clearly had a great premise, characters, and world all set up, but getting obsessed with their wannabe full house or something. <laughs> oh, that's uh, a yeah, good way to that's put That's a really it. good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. We should and get this also, kid on the podcast. In defense of Sir nee, um he's absolutely right. The premise was super cool, the setup was super cool. They had the budget to accomplish it, and they fucked up real bad. So, I'm still yeah. gonna stick to my guns and say that premise should have been a tabletop RPG because I'd yeah. play the fucking shit out of that. Yeah, he, he he remembered it being funnier and having charm to it when he he specifically says, "I remember it being more funny when they would cut from some cool dino Taylor and Mira action to Cop Dad singing his daughter through a cross space." Um, <laughs> Oh, that was such a bad scene. Like that, it wasn't even a scene. It was many scenes. It was such a bad plot arc. Lack of plot arc. Oh, we're. I'm having war flashbacks to Somalia with dinosaurs. <laughs> he uh, he knew we would have fun figuring out what season two would be because there's so much potential. Um, says that he would play this RPG, but the show belongs in the dustbin, as do most single season shows. He says that he really likes our new intro music, which is something we haven't talked about. Yeah. Um, we got some new intro music, and Cerny's a fan, so I, that's all the recommendation you should need. Um, 
And he says, with the passing of Terra Nova, maybe the podcast has entered a new golden age. And may it never, ever be mentioned again. <laughs> he signed it, your knight, parentheses, squire, defender, Sir Nee. Oh, I feel I feel sad in my heart that we were mean to Sir Nee now. Definitely we, and not just me. I don't think it. I don't think maybe you, maybe the the royal you, but I don't think me. I am going to uh, reunite Sir Nee. You are still <laughs> the knight defender, Sir Nee. You're great, and thanks for sending us an email. That's really cool. I love getting emails from you guys. All your rights and privileges have been reinstated, Sir Nee. Yeah. You can, you can, you know, defend the dictators that are the ending pending hosts anytime. All right, guys. I think we, I think we wrapped it up soundly. Let's go the fuck to bed. And, yes. uh. We gotta do that last bit thing we do. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're never doing Firefly. That wasn't, that wasn't like the best one we've ever done. <laughs> Not everything can be the best thing. Some things have to be mediocre things. That's how life works. Kings is the best thing. Yes, Kings is great, and our sign-off was mediocre. We can only have one great thing per episode. Bye! Firefly was mediocre, too. I, I said it. Begin the flame that, war! Begin the flame war! Go! One of these days I'll talk about my feelings on Firefly. Not I, right thought you were, I thought you were a pretty solid Firefly fan. Firefly Flan. I thought you were a flyer, a Firefly Flan. (laughs) Adam Warrock once talked about how not everything needs to be the best for you to enjoy it. And sometimes you can just enjoy something that's mediocre, but enjoy the really good things in it. And that doesn't make it bad, and that doesn't make it phenomenal. It's just fine, and that's okay. You can like things that are just okay. And that's my feelings on Firefly. And we're, 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 we're never doing it.